Hi everyone, Fraser here. So once again, it's time for our Meet the Team series. And this week, I'm talking to Evan Goff, who is another one of our writers on Universe Today. And Evan's a little bit different from the rest of the writers that I work with because we live in the same city. We were introduced by a friend of the family, and he has been writing. But we also get a chance to sit down and have beer from time to time, which is kind of cool. So if you want to learn about Evan Goff, how he became a science journalist and what stories he's really interested in working on, what's his beat, uh, definitely going to want to check out this story. All right, here's the interview. Hey everyone, Fraser here. So as uh, I promised, I'm running through the entire team here at Universe Today Productions, Inc., uh, giving you just sort of a snapshot behind the scenes of the writers, the people who work on the videos, the podcasts, everything. And uh, today I'm joined by my good friend, Evan Goff. Hey, Evan, how's it going? Fraser, good. How are you? Good, good. So, uh, man, so like you are one of the kind of backbone writers on on universe today how did you become a science journalist <laughs> wow geez that's a great question i still am in the process of answering it myself as i uh, work my way through this so i mean uh, similar to you fraser i never went to university or anything i don't think you did, did you? I, you don't I did that. i did i went to ubc for one year and then and took engineering and then i left that and then I went back to North Island College here on the island, and I got my degree at the same place that that your good friend Mark and Jeremy went to. So I have the same oh, okay. computer science diploma that uh, that our that our mutual acquaintances oh, okay. have. Yeah. So the thing that people should know is that you know most of the Universe Today team is scattered about the world, but Evan Goff happens to live in my exact same city, <laughs> and we share a friend group. And I'm sure at some point we will uh, we'll dig into sort of how we sort of came to know each other, but. But I'm interested to uh, to hear more. So yeah, didn't finish university. Um, no, I never even really attended university. Oh, okay. So let's let's jump. I'll start in my 30s, roughly. Yeah, yeah. Um, in my 30s, you know, I was becoming an older fella, and and uh, I was interested in understanding how the world works. So I spent like a decade reading history. You know what I mean? Because what's going on around us, right? And then in the 40s, when I in my 40s, I became a father, and I and my daughter was asking me all kinds of questions. You know, how does the sun shine, Dad? <laughs> Literally, and I didn't know. Yeah, right. So here, a 40 year old guy, I don't know how the sun shines. So you know, I started doing that type of reading, and you know how it, it ends up being a rabbit hole. And I became interested in space. Uh, mutual friends of ours, I heard about your website and started reading, and uh, I think we were introduced to each other through mutual friends. Yeah, yeah. and. Um, I started doing some book reviews. Right. That's right. At some point, Judy, who's the mutual friend, had said, Evan, you know, I've got this friend, Evan, and he's really interested in space and astronomy. Uh, he'd love to read some of these books that are piling up around your house. <laughs> Would that work? And I gave you a piles of books. Yeah, that's uh, right. Yeah. And, and then, you know, and all you had to do was just read them and, and give them a review if you wanted to. Yeah, we, weirdly, the books don't come anymore. Like everything's gone virtual, so I don't have piles of books anymore. They, Is that right? They, eh? They've completely stopped arriving. Yeah, yeah. I'll get I'll get access to a PDF, but that's it. Right. Okay. <laughs> so then you you started reviewing books for for me. Yeah, just sort of yeah as a, as a hobby. 
Yeah, basically just as of my own interest and an interest, lifelong interest in writing and stuff. And from there, you kind of, you know, you're always changing what you're doing at UT and yeah. adapting it. And, and as you go, and at one point you, you sort of hired me on for a few hours a week to write stories that you had kind of predetermined uh, would be of interest to people. Yep. And yeah. so they, they'd get given to me each day and I would kind of write them out and that's where it started. And, and it's gone on and on. I think I'm almost up to 1200 articles. I've written, <laughs> you know? Yeah. 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 It's, it's funny. Uh, so what you describe is sort of like me changing things up. So th- this is the onboard. This is the, this is the ramp that, that a new a person working with universe today follows this de- this journey it's oh, okay. completely preordained predestined you had no choice <laughs> you're just you're just following the steps have been laid out in front of you one after the other to uh, reach whenever the, i try to get out they pull me back in yeah exactly <laughs> yeah every decision every decision you think you're making i've already made for you <laughs> but, uh, but but yeah so um so you started writing and and you know, it was, it was, it was obviously me right away that you were a phenomenal writer, that you had like, you had the right mind to look at these stories and figure out what is the news here? What is the part that is tickling my interests and, and to narrow in on that. And that's one of the hardest things for me to teach a person. Like, like I can teach almost anything else, but to, to have that instinctual understanding of what is the, what is the point of this yeah. news. Well, I think and it is instinctual. It's also experiential. I, yeah. You know, the more you read in life and you follow the things you're interested in, the more you gain a sense of what's worked as a reader who's trying yeah. to find the main points and connect them. Yeah. Yeah. And so you have over time settled into beats. So what do you, yeah. what are the kinds of stories that you are most attracted to at this point? I would say right now, I'm really interested in the, deep geological history of the earth, how it formed, how it changed over the billions of years, how life became possible, how everything happens and is still happening today to make earth, you know, this beautiful place that it is and how it supports life. I find that really fascinating right now. And like, you know, and seeing the kind of stories that you're, that you're choosing, um, I see that balance. Like there's a lot of stuff about earth. And fortunately, you know, like we cover a lot of earth stuff as well, because earth is a planet. It's a planet in space. It, it, but you also tackle a lot of exoplanet stories as well, because there's so much overlap, I think. Yeah, it is. And it, and it's, you know, I think what's behind that is this idea is, is, is there other life out there? Are there other planetable habitable planets? And you get into all the, the thinking and the thought experiments around that, but then trying to ascertain how many habitable planets there might be. Some people are optimistic. I'm not so sure I'm that optimistic anymore because as I read about the wide variety of things that had to go just right over billions of years for Earth to be like this, you know, I'm sort of not as optimistic as I once was, but that could change again, you know? That's interesting. I, you know, I share that view and we don't talk about this very much. Like, you know, maybe once a year we'll sit down and get beer because you happen to live in my same city. And it hasn't even been that often since the pandemic, but that's a very similar position that I've come to, but from a completely different perspective. Like for me, the, I find the Fermi paradox so troubling that I sort of am coming at it like, where, where are all the aliens? But, but absolutely, when you look at it bottom up as well, you're like, oh, look at all this 
difficult things that had to come together. But then, and yet you get all of these crazy stories about, about multicellular life forming and, and amino acids being present in asteroids. And, and so it's, 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 there's so much to discover still. There's so much to discover and it's endless and it's fascinating. And it always comes down to, we only have one data point. Yes. For habitability yeah. and life. And so, you know, we're bound to conjecture and to uncover evidence and to perform thought experiments and to wonder. Um, I don't think we'll know in my lifetime much more unless we find a bacteria on your rope. So what is 1200 articles done to your writing skill? Fraser, it's my education that I never got at university. I mean, the, just the knowledge and being exposed to people who basically are professional thinkers is super interesting to me. And it's really it's really built out the context of my own life. It, it is funny though. Cause I think like about four or five years ago, you're like, I think I need to go and go get my degree. And, and I was like, <laughs> I don't know about that. Has that changed? Do you, are you sort of, are you on board my position on this yet? Or are you still thinking of going and getting your, getting a piece of paper? I'm fully on board the HMS Fraser. <laughs> Uh, okay. Again, <laughs> the, the pathway well, laid of, out. You know, I, I'm really fortunate. I feel like you tease my intellectual playground where I get exposed to things. I get to select some of the things I write about. I, I get to talk to people who are highly educated in their field. You know, and why would I go to university at this point? You know, plus I'm 55, right? Yeah. yeah. But, but it is kind of like as a peer, like the thing that I find really fascinating when I get a chance to interview these people is they do see me as a peer and like, yeah. I don't have the PhD and whatever very obscure science that they have. But what I bring to the table is this, this curiosity and this wide range of understanding of the playing field. And then I can have a conversation where we can kind of dance around everything that they are familiar with, but also explore the new stuff that they know. And it is always shocking to me every time when I'm just like, Oh <laughs> yeah, I can talk to you. Like you're okay with this. You, you, the expert are willing to sit down and chat with me. I find that it basically everyone I've talked to who is a researcher has been very clear and enthusiastic about sharing what they're doing with me. I have never really encountered a, a what you might call a poor attitude or anything yeah. like that. It seems like me to me, like people in sciences, space sciences, certainly, are share the same fascination I do, you know, it's just very particular and very focused in their case. And I'm more of a generalist, but I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't feel like I'm outside. I mean, I'm certainly, I'm not doing research and I could never do the statistics, but I can understand the concepts and see how it fits in and make my own, you know, relational things around it and build context for where it all fits in. So, yeah. Do you feel like you like one of the things that I find is that I get the ability to almost like I have this narrative that, that I can apply to a story, which is like, here's what we know so far. Here's what's newly been discovered. Here's how to think about it. Has that yeah. sort of increased in your capabilities as well? Yeah, I would say so. I think there's sort of two, two types of that for me. One is, is very similar to what you described. And the other thing is, I think one of the reasons I'm really interested in space sciences is I'm really interested in humanity's journey, if that doesn't sound too, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? I'm fascinated by us, what the civilization we build, the way we acquire knowledge, how we try to understand nature. So sometimes when I write, I kind of write in a way that, you know, hopefully makes us readers think about what we're doing in terms of our own 
civilization and our own species and our own home here on earth. So I say there's like, there's two, there's what you described very functional about the information. Here's what we know, what we don't know. Here's how this tries to address what we don't know. And then the other one is sort of like humanity's journey, I guess. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, even like, like the, the role of environmentalism and climate science and things like that, that, that plays a, like, I'll see a story. I'm like, oh, that's Evan Bate right there. Oh. You know, <laughs> I'll throw yeah. it into the mix. Cause I know you're going to jump at it. Like I know Nancy has stories that she goes after. Matt has stories that he likes to go oh, after. Yes. And I know the stories that you're going to go after. And often I'll, I'll throw them in. Cause I know you're not only going to be attracted to it, but also that you're going to do a good job of it. And so oh, I'll, I'll throw it in as a, as something that I'm like, okay, here's one. And this is definitely forever. Although you do surprise me. Like, like you'll pick galaxy cluster stories and, you know, so you, you will also mix it up yeah. too. Well, specialization is for insects. So you always have to push yourself a bit to tackle something. Who knows what you'll find that's interesting. You know I mean? It's all interesting. So, so I definitely do have the veins that I try and exploit, but yeah, I'd like to go outside as well. So what's your approach? Like, you know, like people that just bit behind the scenes, people kind of may not know this. Like the way we work at Universe today is I am I'm out there hunting and foraging for stories and then gathering them all up and dumping them into a pile and letting the writers battle to pick the <laughs> stories that they're interested in. Now you guys are always, always free to write whatever occurs to you. But I'm sure there's like a, you know, there's sort of a nice comfort of, of knowing there's a bunch of juicy stories there that you don't have to think about and don't have to delve into Twitter. Um, so you've picked a story or, you know, like what's your approach on choosing stories and then going through to actually writing and researching and interviewing and, and putting together a piece? How does that work for you? I mean, mostly I choose stories that I think I'll find interesting and hopefully other people will find interesting and something that I, I can already connect to something that I already know. I'll say right mm. off the top, I don't like writing about rockets. <laughs> that's Matt. Well, then Matt covered yeah. rockets. I don't care how many thrusters and, uh, you know, it just doesn't interest me that much. Yeah. I like pictures of them launching. So my process is, to select a story, I often have two or three that I'm working on uh, that are in my mind, uh, sort of hovering around. And when I get down to work on one, it usually starts with a lot of reading. So typically there's a source material, a press release or a paper or something. Read that. Um, it connects to other things. Read about them. Make sure I understand enough of the background and then try and figure out what the main points are and how I can present it what context I can build around it. I mean, I'm not sure I have a locked down step-by-step -step approach. I sometimes look at how other media outlets are covering it and what points they're emphasizing. Sometimes I agree with what they're doing. Sometimes I think they're missing something. Mm -hmm. And so I, and I think our readers are a little more in-depth readers overall than, you know, like a CNN science story, for example. So it basically starts with reading and I'm kind of an inspirational writer. I just write, 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 write. A lot of it gets chopped out and I kind of build it over time and edit it. And yeah, I mean, I'm just, I just write. <laughs> it's like trying to fish describe water in a way. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But I mean, uh, bringing in like, like one of the things that I, that I think it's really important to avoid as a science writer is becoming a press release rewriter. Yes. And, and the, and a lot of people will fall into that trap. Like there's a bunch of press releases that get dumped out by NASA and whatever, and they're trying to shape their narrative. And, and if you don't take a second, you're just going to 
you know, write, rewrite the sentences of what NASA said, just yeah. in different. How, how do you, what do you feel our role is in, in, in existing beyond the press release? I mean, I think people want to be educated at their own pace in a way that they choose, you know, as adults and the things they're curious in. And I think that people thrive on understanding things and connecting those understandings to other understandings. So press releases are great. They tell you, you know, what NASA is doing and what's happening. But I think the idea for us is to build context, to expand upon it, and maybe to connect it to other things people hadn't thought of. That's how I see my role really yeah. when it comes to press releases. And and what about sort of the the skepticism of journalism? Yeah, I mean, I mean, how to work with that or how to keep that happening? You mean? I yeah, mean, keep it happening. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, like you know, we don't want to be mouthpieces. No, there's a lot of traps that you can fall into as a as a writer. The, you know, they are posting something or they're telling us something that is not fully baked, or they're expressing it in a way that is too complicated, or they're expressing it in a way that is too simplified, right. or there are other points of view to bring together. So I'm just wondering like how you assemble the pieces. Yeah. I mean, if I find that they're being a little bit, it's not often NASA, by the way, I'll say sure. they're, no. they're, but, but sometimes you get press releases where you feel like it's a, it's a bit of uh, chest thumping and, mm -hmm. you know, puffery and whatnot. And so it's okay to mention things that, you know, find a, dis a dissenting opinion out there from another scientist or reacher saying, well, I don't think that's going to be likely or possible. Sometimes you, you can search for that just to bring it back down to the ground a little. Um, I don't, I don't find too much disingenuousness in press releases and stuff. Sometimes if I, I'll tell you, if you're looking at a paper, a published paper, the fewer authors there are, sometimes the more skeptical I get. <laughs> hmm, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> it's, it, it's funny. Like, but, Mixing papers into the stream has been a bit of a newer yeah. thing for Universe Today. I've probably started putting more papers in over the last like maybe four or five years. And it's mostly because I felt like the team was quite ready for it. You, Matt, we've got we've got um we've got Paul Sutter, we've got, you know, Dave Dickinson. We've got all these writers who have so much skill and experience. And that we can handle it. But I know what you mean. Like a lot of the times, if we're looking at something, say on archive, it is, it is pre-press. It is not, it has not been peer reviewed. And, and you have to take that with a grain of salt. And we've gotten, we've gotten burned yeah, a couple of times. Definitely. I think it, in, you know, you can't be perfect, but I certainly, my habits and my, my intuitions around her are getting, are tightening up. Yeah. In terms, I mean, when I started out, it was, I think I did rewrite press releases quite a bit at first and because yep. I didn't have the, the knowledge and the experience, but you know, at this point, yeah, sorry, I'm digressing a little. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I enjoy it when a paper shows up without a press release, it's more work. Yes. But we get to write the story in terms of how we see it, uh, not in how, in terms of, a press person at an institution sees it. So, so I actually enjoy that. Although sometimes, yeah, you have to read closely though, to do that. You have to be careful. Yeah, it is. And, and you often want to, will want to reach out to the researcher and yes. hit them with a bunch of questions. Yeah. And I a hundred percent agree with you. Like there's, there's so many benefits I find for me, like the more press a story is getting, the less interested I am in covering it because like, 
someone could read a hundred versions of that same story. You know, an exoplanet has been discovered at Proxima Centauri. Like, yes, it's big news. And if we were the only people covering it, that would be great. But, but there's just so many people out there that we are just one voice in the chaos. And it, you know, we can only do a, as good a job as we could possibly do. And we can't really stand out, but it's the yeah. stuff when we find this really fascinating perspective or research in a paper or whatever, we're the only ones with it. And we've brought our journalist integrity to this, to, to, to cover this story. That's when I feel really proud of yeah. what we are doing as a, as a publication. You know, me too. I feel like, I feel like sometimes there is a really great story buried in a research paper that hasn't made it to yes. mainstream press for whatever reason. And, and sometimes it's fun. To, you feel like you discover that it's like, Holy crap, this is, yeah. This is yeah. Amazing, why doesn't, why doesn't everybody know this? Yeah. I, um, I, and I feel bad. Like when you think about the chain of events that has to happen, like you get some paper written by some researchers who have worked really hard on to get this result. And they then have to explain it to the press officer at wherever they work at. And they may be busy. They may be on sick leave. They might be, you know, in distracted or whatever, and then they're not going to cover the news. And so it just goes nowhere. And yet, and yet all of the stuff that we see, the, is is as interesting in the papers as is interesting with the press releases. It's just that no one is taking the time to dig through the papers. And yeah, exactly. It's a bit like a, a roulette yeah. wheel or something at some of these institutions. I'm sure they're pumping out so much yeah. research. Yeah. You know, who's going to bring that? Like I remember a few years ago, the Deep Carbon Observatory released their first results. I don't think that was written about anywhere that I saw in, in what we would call mainstream yeah. press. But it was amazing, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, like the big, big stuff, so, like obviously like the first picture of the supermassive black hole, that kind of stuff is going to be seen. But but for that, I feel like we we just have to show up and just like throw our ante in and then fold because we're not going <laughs> to, yeah. we're not going to try to dominate the news cycle in the way, a, you know, a CNN no. might, you know, <laughs> you know. No, we're kind of beholden to write about. Yeah, we those have things, to, though, for sure. Right, you have but to, I, but yeah. I, you know, if, if someone is, yeah. you know, wants to, to sort of just, you know, we put in that, that as I said, that baseline article and then call it a day. I'm perfectly happy. So, you know, like 1,200 stories, you've definitely, you know, and and you are definitely being led into the more complicated, difficult waters by by looking at yeah. papers and and reporting on, you know, I would say now you're probably in the 50, 50 range on the kinds of stories you're tackling are sourced in places that people have never even seen them before, which is really exciting. How would you like to grow? How can I shove you deeper? <laughs> how can I, how can I make, lift, lift me higher? Yeah, yeah, how, can me deeper. how can I challenge you in ways that um, are exciting to you? I'm not really sure. Um, I find it very challenging and rewarding as it is. I think, I think uh, dealing with more papers has been more challenging and, and yeah. rewarding. Um, but I, I, I mean, I'm not really sure. I'd have to think about that. You know, I'm thinking yeah. about writing a book and I kind of started working on the concepts and how I wanted to work and whatnot, but I don't know really how to proceed on that. So that's something that I'm not sure you could play a role in, but something that I'm, I'm still developing that idea. Oh, yeah. sure. Yeah. I can help you. Yeah, I can definitely, you know, I mean, the the rule for writing a book is the the system for writing a book is different. I mean, obviously, right. we've had a bunch of books come out of Universe Today team members, right? Nancy did one, Bob King did one, Dave Dickinson did one. I helped him with that. So we've definitely got 
companies, publishing companies oh, okay. sniffing around right. looking for writers. So, you know, if that's a thing that you seriously want to take on, I'm happy to make connections for you. But it's a it's a it's a different creature writing a book than and I think the way you the way you approach the skill, the underlying skills on that is very much about about writing longer pieces more where it's basic research, where you're talking to people, you're gathering together notes, you're pr- creating transcripts, you're then writing an article that that doesn't come from a press release or a journal, that it is that it is yeah. sort of willed up from, <laughs> yeah, from yeah, the raw yeah. material. You know what I mean? Those are tricky. And those are like the next level of 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 pulling together a piece. And then you go out to the press releases and journals and the interviews and whatever, but there is this sort of fundamental story that you're crafting out of from first, you know, yeah. from the raw materials of news. And so I think that's, that's what comes next. And they're, they're, I'm sure they time are. And, and it, so <laughs> I, I've got to decide how, you know, how if I'm willing to, how much I'm willing to spend on, on, on your time yeah, going into go. these black holes, but yeah. there's some really interesting stories out there. It's, you know, it's like, if we can find a story, I, I mean, it's definitely in my head, like in my mind is like, if I, you know, in my mind is like, I want to give Evan a juicy story, but I've got to find a, yeah, the jam of it, right? Like, what is the, what is the story? Is it, you know, is it some piece of basic research that's being missed or whatever? I don't know what it is, but uh, you know, definitely, you'll be one of the people that I'll throw it your way and kind of go, okay, this this one's totally different. How we go about this, and then you'll <laughs> then you'll feel the pain again. <laughs> well, I, you know, I find the variety of of writing I get to do very gratifying at UT. So, yeah, I, I yeah. really enjoy it. Fantastic, yeah. And so, any other. Any other plans, advice? If you know, if people want to become a writer or a science journalist, what advice do you have for them? Well, I think I may have gone a different track than others. I think at UT, maybe other people didn't go to university, et cetera, et cetera. So I would say that if you're a person who has intellectual curiosity, never abandon that critical part of being alive, critical part of being a writer, you, you know, is to let yourself open to feel the wonder, the excitement of new knowledge, new understandings. Like when I grew up, I wasn't really a space nerd per se, or really a science nerd, but I loved Carl Sagan because he was the guy on TV when I was growing up. And one of his quotes is understanding is ecstasy. Yeah. And, you know, I could put that on my wall because it's really true. So if you're kind of person out there who is excited by understanding something new about nature and you're interested in writing, then, you know, let that be your fuel. and then. Right. You have to write. Yeah. Yeah. You, <laughs> you have, have to write. write a lot. Yeah. You won't. And your first writing will, will have flaws and you'll yep. get mistakes and you'll get called out and you have to go through that. Doesn't mean you're a bad writer. Yeah. So if, if people out there in your Patreon community and whatnot are listening and are interested in writing and exploring things like that, you know, you just find a way to start doing it. Yeah. I mean, that might sound kind of vague, but. Yeah, I hundred percent agree. I'm like the, the best advice that I ever got was my writing mentor. Um, Nigel Finley, he, he was, he wrote in the games industry and, and written a ton of books. And I was really fortunate to meet him and, and work with him. And his, his advice was, yeah, you just write a lot. And, and the more you write quickly, the better you get overall. 
and and so he would like sit down and just write for five thousand five thousand words in a day. That was his day. Yeah, was he to sit down in his chair and he'd write for five thousand words, and that seemed incomprehensible to me. But then, as I practiced <laughs> and practiced and practiced, I could sit down and have the kind of focus and dedication to write for a whole day and generate a phenomenal amount of of material, mostly mediocre, but you can see your quality getting better and better and better. And it's just this, it's this connection between the ideas as they form in your head and your ability to express them in print that, that you're just shortening that connection time better and better and better. And it, and it has all these other really incredible important benefits to just your ability to communicate with other people, like it's it's kind of amazing. Just your description is spot on. It, it, you have to write yeah. and get through thousands and thousands and thousands of words, and you will feel yourself getting better. If if you're someone who wants to write and you're on the sidelines and you're you're nervous, which is totally normal and stuff, but you know, no one starts out great, or no yeah. one starts out even good or publishable necessarily. But start, <laughs> start, and you yeah. will see yeah. your mind grow into the task. Yes, totally. Uh, well, Evan, it's been a pleasure chatting with you. And uh, if, like, if people want to follow your beyond the work that you're doing on Universe today, what's a, like another way for people to keep, kind of keep track of you and what you're doing? Well, UT is really my only writing and online presence. I'm fairly involved in my community and some conservation volunteer stuff. Of right. course, I have a child and whatnot. So, so if they want to come and trail build in Cumberland, if then- you want us to take land around our village that's owned by logging companies and they're going to chop it down and turn some of it into parkland google cumberland community forest society and give us a donation Ah, awesome (laughs) done that's it okay Uh, well yeah hopefully you'll get some more some more donations to the cumberland (laughs) forest society or at least people showing up and bringing their sick mountain bikes to go for a wicked ride cumberland is is a mountain biking mecca it really is uh right on all right thanks evan thanks fraser talk soon All right. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Evan Goff. And so again, if you want to support the work we do here at Universe Today to help us be a self-sustaining, completely independent space journalistic endeavor, you should join our Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash universe today to sign up. And if you do, and especially if you read the website, I will remove all of the ads from Universe Today for you for life. Never see another ad again. Even if you cancel your Patreon, you'll still have no ads forever. So definitely check that out. All right. Thanks. I hope you enjoyed the interview, and we will see you next week.